You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is ESPN Radio's Barton Hahn Podcast. was a wild weekend in the NFL. A blown leads, blown calls, and epic endings. And I think we're all still reeling trying to figure out how to make sense of it. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're sitting in on Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Sneak peek to Fitz and Harry, which starts January 3rd, right here from noon to 3 p.m. Eastern across your ESPN radio stations. Also in the ESPN app, if you want to watch us there, you can go down, hit the little more button, and then the, the more will get you the opportunity to watch us and hang out with us. So uh, Harry Douglas and I will be coming at you starting January 3rd every single weekday noon to three. Uh, we're going to catch up uh, with some thoughts from Mike Tannenbaum a little later, Harry. Uh, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts on what we saw from the officiating this weekend because we were just talking about some of it. And in my mind, we've seen so many crazy calls. You were just saying, we said as we went to break, it's never one call in one game. You've watched so much f- football. Uh, you've played in so many games. Do you feel like officiating has been worse or on par this year? Has it been normal, or do you feel like this has been just a really bad year? Ah, Fitz, this is a tough one for me because those guys um, try, their be- try their best to do the best job that they can and come out with the best outcome, but it doesn't always work out that way, right? Um, I think this year, looking at the National Football League, some things have taken a back step. And you look at the rough in the passer and how egregious that has been this season. And then you look at this weekend alone, if you're just focusing on games, you see Keelan Cole for the, for the Las Vegas Raiders catch a touchdown. And clearly, if my eyes, if your eyes, if everyone else's eyes can see that, you know, one of his, his, his foot, his, one of his feet, um, were out of bounds and in the white, you would think that a referee and a replay booth. Feet out of bounds. Feet would not look. Mm. Uh, listen, Fitz, I understand you're a Raider fan, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna keep it real too. Like, like, like let's be serious. Wait, wait, wait. Clearly, the man foot was out of bounds wait, wait, in the white. I, so I was watching the game last week, and so this is a true story. I, I promise you, uh, you know, I I don't really have any family to be like on the grave of. I just promise y'all, like that. This that word means something. To me. I promise y'all. Okay, last week I was watching the game on CBS, totally unrelated to the Raiders, and they're officiating expert came on, right? And so when the officiating expert came on, and they were looking at an angle to see if somebody was in bounds. The officiating expert said you could never take the angle that's overhead because the camera, depending on the stadium, could be a little behind or in front of the end zone to make it look like the foot is either out or in. He said you got to go to the ground level shot. So, uh, you know, I hadn't seen the replay yet. Admittedly, I ran out of the room. I was screaming like uh, Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. I was like, ah, all over. Full Kermit the defrog going around arms flailing. And I heard somebody say, oh, well, from this angle. And I, I hadn't, didn't have a TV near me. And I said, oh, is it the over-the-top angle? And then I walked into the room. It was the over-the-top angle. So, you know, I'm, I'm just saying there's a, there's, a, there's a little bit of hope, Harry. But there's a little, little, little bit of hope. Did you have a problem at the end of the night with the non-call in the end zone uh, on what many people thought could have been pass interference on the Giants on the, the fourth down throw? Yeah, of course I did because he was getting mugged. 
The receiver was getting mugged by a defender. And not only that, the previous play, you just threw a flag because Terry McLaurin wasn't on the ball uh, in your eyes as a referee, but you clearly told him to move up and you you told him he was okay. You just decided to throw the flag there. But you held the flag. Granted, it was on the opposite side of the field and another referee could have threw that flag. You held the flag and normally fits on plays like that in the game situations. The refs try to stay out of it. But still, if it's pass interference, call it a pass interference. I don't care if it's the last play of the game or the first play of the game. Uh, under the rule book, you cannot touch a receiver the way that that defender was touching that young man. So it should have been a flag, and uh, the Washington commander should have had another opportunity to score a touchdown. So I think one of my great skills in life, Harry Douglas, is mm-hmm. that I am a poopster. Uh, so I'm going to do that now. <laughs> hey, Devin! Devin, lifelong diehard Giants fan. Uh, Harry just said that there should have been pass interference on that fourth down call. Would you like to retort Harry Douglas <laughs> that played in the NFL and tell him what you think? I, I agree with him that there definitely should have, but there also oh. should have been a there should have been an illegal hands of the face on Kayvon Thibodeau on the exact same play. If we're going to do that, we got to look at that as well, right? Oh, okay, same play. That would have been offsetting. Okay, so I'll give you that one. Yeah. As long as you're not saying, well, there should have been this call in the third court. Like, that's the guy that, like, I I absolutely and, and look, y'all, I got a solution for this. The NFL is never gonna listen to me because they don't want this solution. I have a solution to the entire officiating issue. I believe that when the game starts, because and Harry can speak to this, when teams are prepping, they are given many teams are given like a, a book essentially on the officials that week. You know if this this official calls yep. a lot of pass interference, you know if they call a lot of holding, you know all of these things. Which means that information is there. What I want to we've gotten used to this concept of hey, this quarterback completed seventy percent of his passes. That's great. We've gotten used to that. This wide receiver has this many drops this year. That's not good. We've gotten used to that. I want to see the NFL when they introduce the officiating crew simply make the stats public to everybody. This official gets a grade of um, A minus and has hit 96% of the calls this year. I want to see those because then when we're watching the game, we'll be like, oh, well, he's, a, you know what? He's, a, he's an A minus officially. Must be good. Like if the NFL wanted to stop all the chatter about officiating, they could simply give all of us the same information. They give players about what, what crews get right and what, what they get wrong and where their tendencies are. And we would be smarter fans from it. Well, I think didn't a, a, an official account for uh, the officials come out and say that it wasn't clear evidence that, you know, Keelan Cole's foot was out of bounds. Like, mm-hmm. I can live with that. I can live with them saying that the uh, the evidence was inconclusive and, yes, you know, certainly was. whatever they called on the football field is going to stand. And in that case, it was a touchdown. Now let's go to TJ in Virginia. You guys can chime in with us. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. TJ, what do you got? Thanks for calling the show. Appreciate it. Looking forward to you guys' show. Uh, I think that if this had happened on week two, I don't think there'd be as much chatter, but because it has so much direct impact on playoffs with the with all teams, including the, the Washington-New York game, we're talking about it more, but uh, the, the Vikings and the Colts game was the worst. You had the missed fumbles for recovery, and then the worst pass, or a, a defensive unnecessary roughness on the cornerback who turned his back and hit him right in the middle of the torso and got flagged 25 yards. I just don't understand what a, a unnecessary roughness is anymore. Just like we don't know what a catch was a couple of years ago, now we don't know what unnecessary roughness is. Now, TJ, thanks for the call. Harry, you're laughing. What, what are you thinking? No, I'm laughing because I don't know what roughing the passer and all that nonsense is either. Like, and like literally, like the 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 rough in the passer that they called on uh, Nick Bosa when his defensive player got an interception and took it to the house. It was brought back because 
I guess he landed on him too much. And I'm like, what in the hell do you want him to do? And the, the next very same series, he got a sack and he, I mean, he rolled over a little bit, but I'm th- for, for, for officials to ask defensive players, especially at the size that they are, to try to torque their body mid air. And it's just, you're asking them to think too much and do too many things just to, to make a tackle, or make a sack. It's, it's ridiculous to me. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. One thing that I, I absolutely hate about what's happened with catches and touchdowns. And look, I'm a big fan of get it right, no matter how long it takes. One thing I hate I hate is the visceral reaction. Like, I love when the Raiders aren't playing, because I shouldn't be in public when they do. I love going to, like, the 1 o'clock games, going to a local sports bar, right? And I'll go sit in the local sports bar just to be around the energy of fans. And it's, it's noticeable now that you used to be able to sit in a sports bar and everybody would just jump up and go, ah! on a touchdown and now there's a touchdown and everybody waits and waits and waits and it's the same thing for a sack a sack used to be a moment where I jumped off my couch and I yelled so loud that Annabelle my dog would run three rooms away and cower right now I see a sack and the first thing I do is I wait and I look for the yellow flag graphic and if I don't see it then I celebrate it is a weird weird world we'll get used to it but it's 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 definitely weird. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. That's how you can get in on the Dr Pepper call in line. Uh, let's get Dana in here, just because you know I'm sitting on the show and I'm having a happy day. Dana in Virginia, thanks for calling the show, Dana. What you got? Diehard Raider fan, and yesterday, <laughs> man, my heart, I could have cried yesterday because I I watched Bill Belichick walk out to the middle of the field, and our coach made him wait while he talked to. Uh, to to the to New England coach, and after that dumb play that he made, man, Bill Belichick head was about to explode. Man, I felt so good. I I, I hope that 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 the catch in the end zone. I hope he was out of bounds because we finally got New England back. I don't care if it wasn't a playoff game, we got him back for that fake tuck rule. And I, man, I felt so good as a Raider fan yesterday. Bill Belichick head. Exploded. Dana, thanks for the call. That's all I can say. <laughs> oh, it feels so good. I'm, I'm going to be insufferable. I'm insufferable. Harry, I'm up in Connecticut too, right? Like, I'm in Bristol. I'm in the thick. The number of people that were texting me that are Patriots fans, and then a few people that haven't. Uh, Gary Streisky, uh, Scooby and Gaza, some of our ESPN buddies that are, you know, all I got from Scooby was, I'm too mad right now. And it's like, mm-hmm, no, there is no grace period because you wouldn't have given me grace. Uh, hallelujah. Happened. Yeah, he should have he been mad uh, early in the season, in the offseason, when he knew they didn't have offensive coordinator, a real one. That's when he should have really been mad about a lot of things. I, well, and I said it before, Harry Douglas came on with us because of some technical difficulties. Everything that is wrong with the Patriots is Bill Belichick's fault. He's the one that hired these coaches. He's the one that got these players. He's the one that's allowing an undisciplined football team to step on the field every single Sunday. It doesn't mean that he's not the greatest all time. It doesn't mean that he didn't have an entire empire built. It just means that this Patriots team today, Harry, is not good enough, and that is his fault. No, and, and I will say this because someone on Twitter is arguing with me right now because the simple fact that I said literally the meltdown yesterday is on coaching. It's on players too, but I blame coaching as well because the simple fact that with three seconds to go on the clock and a game is tied, Fitz, why are you handing the football off? That You're not even supposed to hand the football off. You're immediately supposed to take a knee and take your chances in overtime. What are you going to do in three seconds? This is not the situation that happened to you against the Miami Dolphins in 2018 when they were down points and had the lateral all over the place and finally scored a touchdown to beat you. That's not the situation. The game was tied. The Miami Dolphins at that time in 2018, they were down points. So for them to even... 
snapped the football and handed off to a running back, but then everyone's mad at Jacoby Myers. Can we be mad at Stevenson for, for pitching mm-hmm. the ball back to him? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people saying, what was he thinking? In that situation, you're, it, you instantly getting a football, and then someone said that they're mad that he tried to throw it back to, uh, to Mac Jones. He's not thinking that it's Mac Jones he's throwing the ball back to. He's thinking that it's a white jersey. One of his teammates, he's throwing the football to. It just happened to be a black jersey right there waiting as well, and that black jersey was Chandler Jones. More of the story, though, coaching. You don't put your players in that situation. I understand that may have, may not have been the play call, but if you let your quarterback, Matt Jones, take a knee and take your chance in overtime, laterals never even happen, Fitz. Yeah, I, this this takes us to something we're going to start doing. We're going to have a little fun on this show, by the way. It's Barton Hahn coming to you live from a seaport brought to you by Patron. Prote- perfection starts with Patron. I needed some Patron last night. Barton Hahn, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and celebratory Patron is actually much better than non-celebratory Patron. Like, afterwards, I need one or the other. It's, you know, I, I'm either going to need to sort of fuel up for the night or I'm going to need to actually, like, fuel up for, for get, you know, forgetting the night. Either way, we're going to have a little fun here. This is called Three Up, Three Down. And because Harry's a beacon of light in a dark, dark world, he's going to give you three things he was high on over the course of the weekend, three things he's up on, three things that are spectacular. And because I feel like trolling the world from my seat of greatness that comes from a victory Monday, I'm going to give you three down. So we will start. Uh, we've even got fancy numbers here. We will start with Harry's third up. Up number three. Number three. Oh, look at that. Number three for me is Jalen Hurts never blinks. Yes, he threw two early interceptions, and they were bad ones at that. But. He's cool, calm, and collected. He never wavers. He doesn't let mistakes in a football game, whether he makes them or his teammates makes them, allow him to waver and go to a different mindset. He stays calm. He stays relaxed, and he still delivers. Still threw for over 300 yards. Uh, A.J. Brown had a phenomenal day. Devontae Smith had a phenomenal day. But here's the thing. He utilized his legs, right? He ran for three touchdowns. That's now 13 on the year. Shout out to Jalen Hurts. He's the leading candidate for MVP still today for me. I like that. Uh, I'm going to go with something down now. Number three. Tom Brady stinks. (laughs) And so do the Buccaneers. The only difference between the Bucs and Tom Brady and the Panthers and whoever the hell they're playing at quarterback this week is that it's Tom Brady and it feels like we're contractually obligated to talk about him. You know what we should make the Bucs today? What they really are, which is irrelevant. They are a bad football team in a bad division. And even if they make the playoffs, this was an epic fail of a season for him to return to and an epic fail for the franchise at this point to be where they are. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are just flat out bad. And maybe it's time for us to start focusing on what's good in this NFL season instead of focusing on what stinks. Number two. Oh, look at that. Number two for me, it's the Chargers win with Dicker the kicker. And these are, these were major implications for a playoff race, right? A team led by Brandon Staley, the head coach and their quarterback, Justin Herbert. This team, the last two years, did not make the playoffs. You have a young, phenomenal quarterback in Justin Herbert who has achieved everything except lead his team to the playoffs. Right now, this team is the sixth seed in the AFC, and this was a major, major win for them. Also a big loss for the Tennessee Titans, but another step for Brandon Staley of the Los Angeles Chargers and also Justin Herbert, the quarterback of that team, to make it into the playoffs, in which they have not done yet. All right, that was Harry's up for number two, but that means I get to go down. 
Number two. You just mentioned them. The Titans stink. This is fun. I'm going to like doing this every Monday. Oh, like, man. The Titans, are just, they're, they're falling apart. You just mentioned the, the Chargers getting the win. Was it the Chargers getting the win, or was it the, tar- the Titans just finding another way to piss away a victory? Like, this was a bad game by Tennessee. And to have Tannehill go cart it off and then come back, like a la uh, Hulk Hogan in the 80s, coming back on. Uh, Paul, you know, Paul, uh, Pierce. Uh, Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce. Yeah. He, maybe he had to Paul Pierce. Well, uh, the, the, the other similarity is the final product uh, for the Titans was a number two. They have now lost four games in a row. They're sitting at seven and seven. They might find their way out of the playoffs. They're tied for the second longest losing streak in the NFL, and this is the longest losing streak in Mike Vrabel's uh, career as head coach. This is an abject disaster Uh, uh, uh. by the Titans. Do better. Be better. You got one of the best running backs in the NFL, and yet again, you are wasting him. The Titans stink. All right, Harry, what's your top one? Number one. Number one for me is the team that's going to compete with the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South. The Jacksonville Jaguars and their young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. My goodness, you're talking about throwing for 318 yards, four touchdowns, and just one interception yesterday against the Dallas Cowboys. And that's supposed to be elite defense. But I got a little nugget for the rest of y'all as well. The last six games, that young man... T-Raw, I'm going to call him T-Raw, Trevor Lawrence, Sunshine, whatever you want to call him, Young Baller, Shot Caller, whatever it is. The last six games he's thrown for over 1,600 yards, 14 touchdowns, and one interception. This Jacksonville Jaguars team, they're going to compete for a playoff spot this year, but I'm telling you right now, the rest of the National Football League, you better watch out for them next year. They just happen to get Calvin Ridley to add to that bunch next year as well. More draft picks, more free agents. Doug Peterson was the right man for the job, and he has his young phenom quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, playing a good brand of football. You know what? Not a good brand of football. A great damn brand of football, Fitz. Oh, take me to church. You're doing the up. I'm doing the down. Number one. <laughs> what the hell are the Colts doing? How? How is it possible? I was going to cover the Patriots here, but Harry already did a brilliant job of telling you that the Patriots are an abject disaster with what they did. We don't need to re-hit that one. The Colts meltdown from Saturday was a reminder that Saturday is not the right coach. I love the guy. I absolutely adore Jeff Saturday. There is nothing I could ever say negative about the human being. But my God, you saw a team just get flat out outcoached to the point that 33 nothing, 33 nothing. You know what? they did they just gave every single little kid that's ever watched a football game for the rest of their life reason to say hey we're not out of this thing i remember watching the colts blow that 33 (laughs) point lead to the vikings this was an epic fail and all it does is make it more complicated to try and figure out if the vikings are any good i know I know that the Colts aren't worried about this season, but you can't tell me that you can lose that kind of game in that kind of situation and still face those men in the locker room and tell them that you have any idea what you're doing at coach. Fitz, I love me some Jeff Saturday. Oh my God, me too. We used to do this just in every Wednesday. He's from Georgia. I'm from Georgia. That's that's, that's my boy, but he going to be right back here with us soon. Yeah, don't don't clip this off and play it for Jeff because I love you and I don't want you to beat me up when we work together. Uh, (laughs) Triple Eight, say ESPN 888-729- Three seven seven six. Aaron in Texas calling in. Aaron, thanks for calling the show. What you got? So um, I'm calling in. I'm a diehard Eagles fan living in Texas. Woo. Struggle is real. Um, but I'm really over all these Commanders fans crying and whining about that last call in the fourth quarter when nobody wanted to listen to us when they face mass Dallas Goddard. Not only we lost possession, but we also lost Dallas Goddard for four weeks. So you know what? Oh, it's playoff implications, whatever. You had all those other 
You'll be all right. Suck it up. Oh, I love it. Aaron, I love it, Aaron. Let's go. Erin has spoken. She has shaken the table. I love it 100%. Erin said, I don't want to hear this nonsense. Y'all face masks are phenomenal tight end. You got them hurt. We lost possession. We lost the game. It was the only loss of the season. So I don't care if you guys' chances to make the playoffs are decreased now that you didn't get the calls that you may have wanted last night. I love it, Erin. Thank you yeah, for calling in. There's a swagger, too, because Erin started that call with the most important part of it, right? She's an Eagles fan living in Texas. Texas. Like, that yeah. is real. Like, I was a little kid, grew up on the West Coast, grew up a Raiders fan, and when I started moving around as a kid, that only dug me in even. Every time I moved oh, somewhere, I, I got a like, better one, Fitz. Oh, I yeah? got a better one. Oh, my exes live in Texas. Texas. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is this is what we're going to be doing. Uh, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. It's Progressive's 10th Keys to Progress giveaway for veterans. This is really awesome. If you've never checked it out, you should. This year, their goal is to gift a vehicle to a recipient, small business, or nonprofit in every state. Check it out. Check out uh, more information about the annual giveaway at keystoprogress.com. Our favorite GM is going to join us next, plus more of your calls. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What would he do if he was running the Giants? We'll figure it out next. Barton Hahn, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Bart and Han. Spartan Han on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Although it's really Fitz and Harry. I'm Jason Fitz. He's Harry Douglas. We start January 3rd right here, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Also, you can watch us in the ESPN app if you're into that because... Uh, well, we're cute. Although Harry's just got like a headshot up, we're gonna we're gonna work on that because you know, frankly, Harry's too animated not to show. But it is a, Harry, very nice headshot. I'm I'm very impressed. You're a very photographic guy. Got a nice smile, but the the headshot really professional, my friend. 
It, uh, I can't see it right now, but in, how do I look, Fitz? Describe it even more. Well, I mean, it's, like, it's, I need details. Give me, give me more details. You, uh, no, no. See, I can't feed this ego. This is <laughs> where we bring in expertise. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joining us now on the show. Uh, we'll get back to your calls. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. A lot of you guys reacting to what we've been saying so far, but I want to get in Mike Tannenbaum's thought. Mike uh, Zach Wilson, did you see something demonstrably better from him yesterday than you saw before? Before he took his break. Great to be with you guys, and uh, best of luck with uh, the new show. Thanks, buddy. Uh, ESPN's radio, ESPN radio's in good hands with you guys. Um, yeah, I thought he was better. Um, you know, he still made you know a couple of mistakes. You know, lack of experience showed up, but that's going to continue to happen. You know, if I had to bet my life on one game, am I taking Mike White over him? Absolutely. Mike, I got to ask you: when you look at the New York Jets and you look at that game yesterday against the Detroit Lions. For me, particularly the fourth and one defensive call, um, do you think the Jets should have been in something different defensively? And what did you see? Did a, did a linebacker make a mistake not guarding their guy? Because the tight end did a great job of selling run, run, run. What did you see from your standpoint? So, Harry, we call that play the O-S-H blank T play <laughs> where, you know, that's the desire of the play where, and I think it was C.J. Mosley, and again, I don't want to speculate, but based on his reaction and the way they defended the play, I think it was C.J.'s fault. And that's why that play works so well, which is you have a read uh, to one side of the field, which Jared Goff went through his progressions, nothing's there, and then the tight end folds, and the count could be anywhere from two to five seconds, and you're literally one one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand, and then you release across the formation. And if you're CJ Mosley, your instincts take over. You're either going to rush the passer or you're going to drop into coverage. And and the guy that you had is staying in the blocking, so you don't even account for him. And that's why he got so open. And that play was um, really not only well designed but well executed. And I give the Lions a lot of credit because a lot of times when that play doesn't work, it's because you don't hold your block long enough. Talking to Mike Tannenbaum, Mike, uh, there's a lot of conversation about the timeout usage. I heard Greeny joke earlier that uh, the Jets will start their Thursday night game with an extra one because they kept one in the chamber. Uh, In all seriousness, though, when you look at the timeout situation, why do coaching staffs not simply hire somebody that is on their staff only to help with game management, with clock management, with timeouts, with with these exact situations? Because it's a league-wide problem. Yeah, and I think more people are doing that, as a matter of fact, because... It's so complicated, and, you know, Nick Saban has a great line, guys. If you don't like the results, change the process. And, you know, clearly that's what should have been done here from a standpoint of clearly, uh, you know, Robert Sala has a lot on his plate, as every head coach does, and um, more and more of these coaches are bringing in somebody just to handle clock management, when to challenge. Um, and obviously it's a decision that Robert Sala would like to have back, but if I was in the building with him today, you know, what I would really talk about is like, hey, look, Nothing we can do about this Detroit Lions game, but let's make sure we put the infrastructure in place so that never happens again. And we're going to have person X, and all X is going to do all game, every game, is to be you know a step ahead. And it happens all over the place. Like you could be in on the periphery of field goal range, you can't take a loss, for example. So you have to run the ball or run a, a safe play. You know that, that happened a couple of times yesterday, or third and ten yesterday in the Cowboy Jacksonville game run the ball, you know, make Jacksonville, you know, burning the timeout, you know, they threw the ball over 45 yards in the air. It was incomplete. So it showed up very notably in that game uh, between Detroit and the Jets, but that wasn't the only place it showed up yesterday. 
Mike, we appreciate your time as always, my friend. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and yours. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Yeah, thanks so much, and best of luck, guys. Thanks, appreciate it. We're going to keep uh, Mike Tannenbaum is one of the most important people we have on the bat phone. We, whenever we uh, call, we're lucky that he takes that call to give us some insights. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz in for the guys, and it raises a real question, you know, particularly when we start talking about the Jets and what we saw here, because clock management, you know, for, for all the conversation we want to have about Zach Wilson, I mean, the Jets failed themselves in a million other ways that have nothing to do with quarterback position, Harry. No, I agree with you 100%. And in those situations, you never want to see or never have your head coach or coaches or whoever are making these decisions. Everything should go through the head coach, though. Uh, have a game you know, that you desperately need uh, in regards to the playoff race. Come down to you know clock management or not calling enough timeouts. You had three timeouts for, for, for a reason. And I think... Once the, I can't remember who made the catch at about 40 something seconds. That's when he should have used, started using those timeouts. Um, heck of a play by, by Zach Wilson on third and 19 though and fourth down actually getting, you know, this team in a position to be able to, you know, kick a field goal and possibly try to, you know, tie the game and sit it in overtime. But there are far more things in this football game that, that cost the Jets from winning. Yeah. To me, I keep looking at, just the organizational structure. And you got to put yourself in the best situation to win. And the Jets' defense certainly did that. The Lions' offense came into this game on fire. But we knew, you know, when we sit here talking about Zach Wilson, there are two things we knew about this matchup. One, the Lions can score on anybody. So it would be a great test for the Jets' defense. The defense passed that test. Let me say that clearly. Yep. On the other side of it, the Lions' defense is awful. Right, So the Jets should have been able to move the ball. So I don't know that I really saw anything from the Jets offensively. I didn't expect what was, what was I think, a real takeaway for them is that they were shutting the Lions down. So now suddenly you're in this winnable game and everything's getting so tight in the AFC when it comes to those playoff spots. I, uh, this was a winnable football game that I think at the end of the year they're going to scratch their heads and say, how did we let that one go? And they didn't let that one go because of Zach Wilson particularly. I think they let that one go because the coaching staff didn't put guys in the right situations to win the game. Well, also, you look at early on in that game, right, when Dan Campbell decides he wants to go for it on fourth and goal, and the Jets' defense get a hell of a stop. But Dan Campbell believed in his team and his defense, even though they haven't showed up the entire year. They got to stop. And what do the Jets have to do now? They have to punt the football. So now if you're the New York Jets, if you rob Salah in that unit, you got to go down and make a tackle. They let Khalif Raymond run a touchdown in uh, off a punt return, right? The the Detroit Lions only scored one offensive touchdown. And when you look at the defense for the Jets, they did their job. The flip side of it, you look at the Jets from an offensive standpoint, you can't go into a football game and say, hey, we're going to let Zach Wilson throw the football 35 times and we're going to win. No, that's not the formula. They rushed the football for 22 times for 50 yards. This team has to run the football effectively and play great defense and not have turnovers, right? And not give up a punt return for a touchdown. If they want to be in games, if they want to win games, especially these tight ones. Now they get a short week where they take on the Jags, who we talked about earlier, have suddenly Ooh. found themselves in a situation where they could win their division. So this Jag-Jets game just got sexy. And then uh, the mini-buy that gets you, they have to go to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Uh, we'll see where that one goes. And then they finish the year against the Dolphins. I mean, that, everything could come down to Jets versus Dolphins. Robert Sala, head coach of the Jets, had this to say about his timeout usage. With three timeouts, feel like um, anything in bounds, obviously you, you can be aggressive. You can still just trying to save as many timeouts as I can. Um, I can probably look back at it and say we could have used one for sure. Uh, but at the same time, when you have three timeouts, time is not an issue whether you use one there or not. You buying that, Harry? 
You got three timeouts. Time's not an issue, whether you use one or not. Like, what is that? That's like the guy in your. Everybody's got that one guy in their friend well, group. who's like time bro, is but a continuum. When they hit the first big play, no, it wasn't an issue at that moment. Anything after that, yes, that's when it becomes an issue. Yeah, time is of the essence. And my history teacher in twelfth grade used to say, "My time is precious. Don't waste it." Well, Robert Sala, you wasted a lot of time in that instance, not calling timeouts, and your team lost the game. Yeah, and you know, I heard somebody earlier talking about uh, the connection between Garrett Wilson and Zach. Wilson uh, seemed to be better, but I'm not even buying that. Like uh, Garrett Wilson, there were a couple of times in the game where he was visibly upset. Where's, Matt, he, where's Mike White at? Yeah, I mean that, that, and that's where we are. You know, so it's funny because it's super easy to look at all of this Zach Wilson stuff and say, well, maybe uh, things can get better over time. I just, I, I don't know. I, I didn't believe in Zach Wilson coming out. I haven't seen anything that's really changed my opinion on it. And I think the Jets have actually done a really smart thing at this point. They built a strong football team with a lot of great weapons and a really great defense. And when they can address the quarterback position, it will make them much better. So swinging a miss on Zach Wilson, that's okay. I don't think it sets the franchise back simply because the franchise has so many other pieces that are very good. Now, I also know like in certain moments of a football game, right, if you're Zach Wilson, you're the quarterback, and you know you have Garrett Wilson as a wide receiver, he's your number one. Uh, if he's one-on-one, most of the times you need to be looking at him. Yeah. Right? If he's in a position, you can't be looking over the field at anybody else. And I understand everyone's in the National Football League playing the, the game of football for a reason, and, and they're there. But when you have a number one guy, that's just like when I play, like – why in the hell would Matt Ryan look at me and Julio Jones has one-on-one, a Roddy White has one-on-one, a Tony Gonzalez has one-on-one? Any one of those guys have one-on-one first, that's where he's going with the football. And if they don't, if they're getting doubled, that's when he's coming to me. And that's why, even as a Raiders fan yesterday, the number of times I was like, when are you getting the ball to Devontae? Like, Devontae's the best. But they did get a winning touchdown from Cole. Uh, Steve in San Francisco wants to chime in on that. Steve, thanks for calling me. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry. We start January 3rd. Thanks for calling the show, man. What you got? Hey, I got it 50. Just like you said, with a city that has more cameras than I've ever seen in my whole lifetime, everywhere, they have a shot from space on this guy's foot, you know, on the <laughs> sideline. I mean, I didn't bet the game, but God, you know, I watched another game where there was little cameras on the pylons, okay? But you got to think, in those two plays, that game went from New England under to the Raiders in the over. Mm, God. Oh, wow. I love Steve. I love a good conspiracy there. And look, I, I, I write an article every week for Chalk. You should check it out. That sort of live track some of that stuff. I didn't even, I wrote last night on, on that game because I was in such my feels. I didn't even realize in that moment that it went to the over. This is going to be the interesting thing about Vegas. There will always be people that look at it and it's like, hmm. Accidents don't happen. I do think they do. Uh, but we'll, we'll keep taking your calls. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Going full conspiracy theory. In the meantime, has Lamar Jackson actually made money by not playing? We'll explain it to you next. Part and hot on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Bart and Han. Spartan Hunt on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series, XM Channel 80. Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas. Preview of Fitz and Harry that starts January 3rd, presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll be hanging out with you Monday through Friday on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series, XM Channel 80. You can listen to us everywhere. If you want to see how pretty we are, we're also out there on the ESPN app. You can watch us. I'm going to only make that more and more uncomfortable. You're welcome, America, every single day. Uh, we're going to get to Lamar Jackson in a second, but... And this is rare. Devin, uh, producer extraordinary, who will be working with us on our show every day, said, oh, my God, you have to take the call from Dave in Florida. This is hysterical. Dave in Florida. Thanks for calling the show, man. What you got? Man, I tell you what, I'm a long, long time diehard Cowboy fan, and I don't understand. I'm a mailman. I'm, I'm, I'm a mailman, okay? I'm not a million-dollar coach. Why are these Cowboys offense? What's going on? You're lining up trips right, bunch formation, and handing the ball to Tony Pollard over and over and over and over for one yard and over and over and over. My 10-year-old son is sitting next to me. He's going, Daddy, why do they keep doing that? I'm like, I don't know, but everybody, why can I see this? How do they not see this? What is up with the coaching staff? Why are they getting paid this money? It's third and ten. Run the clock out. No, let's throw a $45 bomb. Let's not run the clock out. Help me. Harry Douglas, you played football for ten years. Why can I see this? I'm on the couch. I'm on the couch. I'm a loser on the couch. Me and my son are hugged. Why are you ruining my Sundays? Tell me. <laughs> I li- Dave, Dave, I Dave, like don't his- hang up. Dave, you know what? Dave, don't I, hang up. I, 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 I say, damn it, we hired Dave. I, the Cowboys need to look into hiring Dave because I like his I like his mindset. I like where he's coming from. Now, Dave, when they got the ball back with a minute and 28 seconds left to go in the game, right? We normally call that four-minute offense. I thought yeah. that was an opportunity for the Dallas Cowboys to, number one, get creative. Now, you do want to run the football because you kind of want to kill some clock. I do not like to play call on third and ten throwing a go route, which is a low percentage what? throw, and you don't have many yeah. go route receivers on the team. Meanwhile, C.D. Lamb's been in motion doing quick slants, running for 30 yards for, for three quarters. What, do we forget about that? C.D. <laughs> Lamb, no. I mean, okay, I mean, geez, you're killing me, though. But the <laughs> same play, I mean, I mean, with Greg Olson is like, oh, here we go, trips right, bunch formation. Here's Tony Pollard up the middle for one yard. I mean, come on, guys. Are, is, are, answer me this. Just answer me this. Is there something we're, we're, we're hoping to fool them and set them up and run something off of that? Uh, all right, so, is, is there another, or is that just it? Line up, trips right, bunch formation, Tony Pollard up the middle. 
All right, Dave, I'm going to get you to hang on. Uh, Devin, producer extraordinaire, is going to talk to you. He's going to get your information. I don't really have the authority to do this, but we're getting some swag made. When we get some swag made, we're sending some, some to Dave. Dave. Dave wins like caller of the day at this point, HD. Yes. Uh, so that, that, that's got me cracked up. So we're getting some Fitz and Harry swag made. When we do, Dave, you're going to get the first of it. Uh, so thanks for calling the show, man. Uh, Harry, to his point, is, is something being set up there? Like, is that when you see the same play over and over and over again, are you as mad as I am? Because I feel Dave to my core. Well, uh, I think he's talking about it in uh, the last two minutes of the game where the Cowboys had the football, right? So we normally call that four-minute offense. And depending on you know what the other team has, if they have time, or even if they don't have any timeouts, you don't want to stop the clock with, in, with incompletions. Um, so you do want to run the football there. But I believe, I'm trying to remember the exact, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars still had three timeouts. They did. In, in, the, in that case. But by so, throwing the football, they were able to keep Jacksonville with one timeout. If they've exactly. not thrown the football, Jacksonville doesn't get that timeout. Could changes the entire complexion of the game. So it's like, True. where's the line? Like you want to throw, you want to run the ball, but man, you got to do it more creatively. There's got to be a more creative way to run the football at the end of the game. We'll keep taking your calls. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six plus. Everybody's got it wrong on the Commanders Giants ending. We'll tell you why. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Thanks for listening to the Barton Hahn Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen and watch the guys on the ESPN app. This is the Barton Hahn Podcast.